Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we'll have a, a quick look back at last night's Bristol Street Motors exit uh, at the hands of Reading, and, of course, ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Neil Harris's uh, Cambridge United uh, at the Valley. Uh, joining me to have both of those conversations, plus much more. First up, top of the screen there, Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nath? Evening, gentlemen. How is everyone on this fine when Thursday? Thursday, yeah, Thursday. Thursday evening. Yeah. I hope everyone's well. Yeah, yeah. You need you need to get yourself a calendar, don't you? Today is Thursday, though. Yeah, you, you got there in the end. So yeah, I'm good. I'm good, Nave. Good to see you. Also joining us, bottom of the screen there, um, is, is Mr. Benji Cloak. How you doing, Ben? Keeping safe? I'm keeping safe, mate. Unlike the rest of Sid Cup, where I'm <laughs> a bit nervous there for a bit. Bombs going off and all that, but it's nice to hear my microphone's working. Woo-hey. Yeah, let's see, let's see how long it is until that explodes and, and stops working. <laughs> but yeah, dangerous place Sid Cup these days. My bus was diverted around whatever that was last night. Um, yeah, so uh, on this week's show, as I said, we've got we're games to look back at and games to look ahead to as well. We've also got, and I've been saying this for ages, we're going to sit down and finally, with you know, with the benefit of hindsight and seeing these these players play, we're going to assess our transfer business from the summer. Um, you know, January is just around the corner. We want to see what we've done so far. Uh, and is that a precursor for the sort of business we might do in January uh, as well? So we're going to get all of your input on that. There's loads of you already joining us uh, in the chat. Good evening to the likes of John uh, and Anthony and Andrew and Michael, Patrick. David's in there. Shiny Phil. James is in there. Johan, uh, David and Patrick. Uh, loads of you with lots to say um, on uh, yesterday's game, perhaps. We're looking ahead to Cambridge and I'm sure you guys will get involved as well with that transfer uh, chat. Anthony says, uh, yeah, hi, uh, or Anto from Ireland here. It's hard work. Uh, being a, a fan these days and certainly is we've got to talk about that that weird I don't know how that incident might be taking it too far but whatever happened with Michael Appleton speaking to a fan uh, after yesterday's game as well. well we'll discuss that um John says evening Alex who's looking forward to welcoming uh, Neil Harris and his team to the Valley on Saturday well our guest later on uh, in the show is Jules from under the Abbey stand I actually spoke to him last night so it was quite good because we got the immediate reaction uh, to Neil Harris being uh, appointed the Cambridge United boss replacing uh, Mark Bonner so We'll hear what he thought of that as well. Um, the former Millwall boss. This is the second time since he's left Millwall that his first game in charge of a new side is against us. A uh, 2-2 draw with Cardiff was his first Cardiff game and now his first Cambridge game uh, will be with us as well. Now, um, a very unusual situation regarding last night's uh, Bristol's game over at Reading, Nath, is that I wasn't there or able to watch. I had uh, bits and pieces on and I don't tend to go out my way to watch the Bristol Street Motors games if... Uh, if I, if I can avoid it. I, I like to be there if I can, but I couldn't last night. So I need you and Ben to, to fill me in on what happened. Obviously, a one-all draw. Alfie May scored in the first half. Charlie Savage equalised from range inside the final 10 minutes. Uh, we went on to lose on penalties. I think it was 4-2 with Alfie May 
and Louis Watson missing the two decisive spot kicks for us. So give us your views on, on the performance is what I'm most interested in last night. Yeah, I think obviously dis- it's disappointing losing. Well, we drew the game really, but obviously losing the game on penalty is never nice. But, you know, we were saying on uh, previous weeks, it'd be nice to have a little run just to give keep the interest going a little bit for the season. But wasn't to be. I think we it was better than Saturday. That, to be foot, that's that's one thing straight off the bat. It was better than Saturday, but I'm not saying that we were playing like Man City by any stretch. But um, we we done okay. We, I mean, there was a, there was a, Michael Hector seemed to be playing like Beckenbauer yesterday, which was a bit strange. The amount of balls he was putting through over the top and stuff. But I think it was quite a pro, it was quite an even game. Reading sort of edged it in stages. Then we came into the game. Um, but I mean, yeah, yeah, Alfie scored a good goal. Good play by Tyrese to obviously cut, cut it back. He sort of had a Again, a, a disjointed game. I think he looks like he's lacking a bit of confidence at the moment, Tyree. So I'm feeling for him. Um, but we had to make the changes, as Michael said, in terms of Dobbo and Jones, and we, we lost our bit of structure. And they brought on three first teamers in Aziz and Kelvin and uh, Charlie Savage, and we had our backs to the wall a little bit. And if I'm honest, we were lucky to get a draw um, and have a chance at penalties. But uh, um, yeah, it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't the end of the world. I can see why people were a bit frustrated. But when you compare that to Saturday, it was chalk and cheese, in my opinion. Um, but overall, decent bits of play. Still a bit open defensively in terms of teams playing through us. But we've had that all year. Um, but yeah, not too bad. Not, I'm not too sad about it. It's just a bit, a bit disappointing that that Wembley trip isn't going to come. So you never know. It might happen in May. But um, I think we've got a bit of work to do till we get there. Yeah, well, are you, are you planning on us uh, being reinstated in the FA Cup due to an ineligible player or something? <laughs> Playoffs are still there, of course, is what Nathan was uh, was alluding to. I mean, Johan said uh, we were good for the first 70 minutes and the youth subs uh, changed it with uh, Reading at that point going full strength. Patrick uh, reiterated that point, really saying a frustrating evening. Uh, but like he said in his post-match interview, when we had to take off those key senior players, all we had was youth and we didn't get up to speed uh, when they came on. It was a tough way uh, for the game to end. Paul saying with the bench we have, we had to be two up uh, by the 60th minute last night uh, we weren't so we lost I mean is that the way you, you saw it Ben following the game yeah to be honest I thought it was quite an even game both sides had their chances um, and uh, I think Nath wrote in our group chat that they were cutting through us quite easily in that second half and we were a little bit lucky at times that we stayed in the game and we were leading um, I mean, Alfie May had a fantastic effort. I mean, what an incredible signing he's been for us. I know we're going to come on to that later, but the control. Um, and then he like did a couple of keepy-ups and volleyed it at the keeper. And the keeper pulled off a good save. But yeah, it's one of them. I think the game probably deserved a draw. But when you've got eight minutes left in the on the clock, you hope to ride it out. Because that's what we've done, as um, Nath alluded to. Hector had a good game. Um, and was quite resolute at the back and was spraying balls around. And but look, when you make changes, it, it's gonna you're gonna be susceptible, especially when you're bringing on some youngsters to um, to them getting some chances. And they did. And it took a great shot from Charlie Savage to um, to equalise. Which look, it was a shame. Um, and we did try and chuck on some strikers there in Carnu at the end to try and get that that winner. 
rather than it going through to penalties. And and there you go. Look, it went through to penalties and it's a shame how we went out, but it's not that much of a big deal, is it really? We, we want to focus on the league. Um, but as we've said many times, winning breeds confidence. And um, look, it was a draw last night. I'm going full Mourinho, aren't I? It was a draw. We didn't lose. <laughs> and uh, we can take confidence from that. They've been on a bit of a run of form. They're quite good at home, Reading. Um, we it was an improvement on Saturday. So, um, yeah, let's not like blow it all out of proportion. It was better than Saturday. There was an improvement. And, uh, yeah, let's let's hope that we can take a few positives from that last night into Saturday. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, I didn't watch the game last night, so I'm going off what other people said. But I was encouraged to hear that apparently Hector had a decent game. Uh, from from the highlights, there was one sort of slight error, but I think I think you know obviously I didn't watch the full game, and apparently Fraser was putting himself about a bit, which is nice. There are two players who I've certainly wanted a bit more from uh, this season. I mean, one that, that's come up in the chat. Uh, I don't know if it's about his his language, but um, uh, John, uh, with a slight spelling mistake, has said that uh, Tyrese Campbell really struggling, needs some support and not negative abuse. Uh, and then he's put his bloody language is not good. He seems so fragile. Maybe, maybe if he washed his mouth out with uh, with soap and water, then he'd be better. But then he did correct himself, saying it's his body language that's not looking good. Uh, before adding, he is actually quite articulate, <laughs> which is good. Um, but yeah, you know, it's two, three weeks, maybe now, maybe even longer, really, where TC's been struggling a bit, Nath. Um, you know, it's it's not that long ago he was scoring that screamer against Reading, but it's been a tough few weeks for him. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, of course. I mean, in terms of his language, he's probably he comes across as one of the most quietest kids you've ever seen. You look at his interviews with the club, he like just like murmurs, like whispers one word answer. So, um, but yeah, I'm glad that John knows that he's very articulate. That's great. Um, but in terms of the more important point about um, obviously TC's confidence, I just think you can see. I think yesterday he obviously he set up a goal. So you'd think, oh, we had a good positive game. But there were a lot of times where, similar to Saturday, really, where he was under cooking passes, his decision make there was a there was a chance that he, he went through on the left hand side and it just required a simple cut. Well, I say simple, like I can do it, but a simple sort of cut back to Alfie May, and it was it was a goal, more or less. Um, but he just seems a shadow of himself. And I think it's this is what we've got to remember. It's all well and good blooding these youngsters in, but you're going to get inconsistencies. You're going to get it. And you're going to need to take them out the firing line for, uh, from, from time and again. But we can't do it because of, A, the squad, and B, the injuries we've got. So I feel for him at the moment because he does look like he's lacking a bit of a bit of oomph that he did have last year. You know, you look at him when he was playing with Jez. He was, you know, he was firing all all cylinders and even earlier this year. So it's just a, it's a, little, a little moment he's going through, um, which every player gets. Yeah, I don't think he's not a bad player overnight. He just needs needs a little bit of an arm around him, just build his confidence back up. And I'm sure that will come in time. Um, we've just got to be careful of him not to get on his back for me, especially the youngsters. We've just got to be a, a lot more patient uh, with the youngsters, in my opinion. Yeah, Patrick saying Carnu looked the better of the subs. Uh, he says, in big look lost, uh, Tyrese Campbell was poor, head down, body language was very off. Uh, uh, Hector and Fraser worked hard, and then Michael agreed that Campbell needs to toughen up. And when he gets put under pressure, he doesn't fight back enough. All hell let loose has apologised for being late. He says the builder disconnected my router, but I don't know. I, I know he lives around this way as well. I, I need some sort of proof of where you were last night at about seven o'clock, mate. 
uh, just in case it wasn't it wasn't your router exploding um, uh, near any ULES cameras. Um, uh, Alfie May was always going to get caught out with one of those penalties down the middle at some point, wasn't he, Ben? I'm glad it's happened twice in pre-season and once in the Bristol, so it has not really happened at a, a particularly important moment. Yeah, you, you can you can say that, can't you? I mean, did feel for him because. I mean, without him this season and without him yesterday, um, then we we wouldn't have we wouldn't have been in many games. But um, yeah, he seemed to dwell on his penalty a little bit. He seemed to take a little bit of time. Similar with uh, Louis, actually, I think Louis was like rolling the ball up and down in his hands, and I thought, mate, just put it down and take it. Um, just seemed to kind of take a bit of too much time with it. But look, I'm not knocking Alfie May. Um, been by far our best player this season. And really um, an example to many because he's been played in so many different positions. Yesterday, he's played up front in his favoured position. He gets the goal. As I said, he had a really good chance as well. Um, And he's like an example to people like Tyrese Campbell and uh, the other youngsters coming through and maybe some of these loanees that aren't featuring at the moment. He's someone that just gives his all. He's over to the fans, clapping them at the end. We saw him in that uh, video where Appleton's uh, in a confrontation with a fan. Um, yeah, so last night, it's just one of those things. He's gone for power rather than a placement. And uh, yeah, the, the keeper's read it. I don't know if he's done his homework there and wrote it on the uh, back of a bottle like these keepers do these days. Um, it was a shame, but again, not the end of the world. He got a good, a good goal, a poacher's effort, and um, be interesting to see on Saturday where he, what position he features in this week. But you know, you're just going to get 100% from him as always. Mm. Uh, Patrick said he feels that we're very slow at reacting and restarting the game, throwing fouls, that sort of stuff. He's asking if that's an Appleton uh, thing. I mean, Adam said, uh, I finally come to the realization we just ain't that good. Uh, Jay says we're mid. You can defo see where we need to improve to for a push up the table. Hopefully, a few sales and good buys uh, will see an improvement in the new year. So, I mean, before we get on to the transfer stuff, obviously we do have to reference what um what Ben just mentioned there. I mean, Patrick says uh, the scene last night when a couple of us were shouting at the gaffer uh, was embarrassing. Um, you know, for, for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, for again, I've only seen the video, but basically, there, there's some sort of it, it looks like maybe only one, maybe two fans, uh, are shouting. And by the time the video has started, Michael Appleton's uh, come over and, and sort of got involved with a conversation. I mean, from roughly from what I can work out from the video, he the the, the guy in the stand seems to be saying to the words to the effect of, We're not a very good side, and Michael seems, seems to maybe be saying that it's not. Like when, like he basically the, the guy in the stand was saying we're rubbish, and Michael was saying we're not. From what I think it appears to be, but he certainly seemed to try and calm the the, the fan down. Johan says he was the guy talking to Appleton like that. We ain't rubbish, but less of that, uh, or, or we, we ain't good, but less of that. I think he's trying to say win Saturday, and no one cares about the last uh, two games. Um, John saying Appleton should not have got involved with that angry fan uh, last night. Jay saying uh, to be fair. Uh, you've got to be pretty tasty or stupid to front apples. And we've all seen those muscles, haven't we, Nath? But yeah, what, what did you make of that? It's, it's drama, isn't it? Like We can't we can't pretend it didn't yeah. happen. You don't, you don't see... You know, I remember when we beat Ipswich at home <coughs> under Jacko. 
Uh, I think it was Enciala ended up at Fleetwoods, like got involved with a couple of fans. They were at a real low point at that uh, at that time, and they, he got involved mm. with a couple of fans at the front of Jimmy Seed, and you know it was a big talking point for a while, and you don't see it that often. But we've seen it now with, with the manager. What's your view on what happened last night? Yeah, obviously I wasn't there, so I don't know the, the full context. I don't want to jump in too much, but obviously the fan itself is entitled to his views. Get it, whatever. Um, for me, I just think Michael should be rising above that and not. But again, I don't know if something's triggered him. I don't know if I don't know what was fully said from the first minute. So, but yeah, for me, I think Michael just needs to water off dust, ducks back. Really, he's, he's experienced in the game. Um, I just think I feel for, I, I feel for Michael a little bit at the moment. I'm not an, an in Appleton or out Appleton. I just think we're looking at what he's got, what cards he's been dealt at the moment. You know, it's not like he had the pre-season and had any input on the transfers or anything like that. I just think he's doing the best he can with what he's got. And um, I don't know if he just came in to sort of support one of the players. I don't know. But, yeah, it's just six of one, half a dozen the other. It's one of those things. We'll all move on and forget about it next week. So, one of those things. Um, but, yeah, the fans entitled to his views. Whether I agree with it or not, it don't really matter. But, um, yeah, I think Michael should have just shied away from it, I think, and just use the experience a little bit more. But we all know yeah. we get a bit hot-headed headed sometimes, whether you're a fan or as a manager, and obviously things can get out of hand. But, yeah, I'm not going to make a mountain out of my way out of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, so, some have suggested maybe Michael felt that he, need to, he needed to step in to perhaps protect some of, some of the younger players who were there at that point. Obviously, the whole video doesn't really show what was going on there. But, you know, realistically... This is football. You get fans shouting at you after games when we lose. It's pretty standard. So I was surprised that Michael did do that. I think also, I reckon he's a bit concerned about the narrative at the moment. So, you know, we're coming off the back of a Carlisle game where we were frustrated that we didn't win because we'd done quite a lot in that game without managing to to finish the game off. Um, a Cheltenham game where we played pretty average but did win. So, you know, that that's two sort of... Uh, results that probably didn't quite reflect the way the games went um and then obviously we went to Gillingham where we were we were really really poor you know I think one of the worst I've seen this season and then obviously last night where by all accounts there wasn't a great deal in the game but we've ended up losing and getting knocked out of a cup competition again so you know after the Jules game Michael was 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 talking a lot about how you know what was said after the back-to-back defeats against Lincoln and Bolton and and you know we reacted to that I think he doesn't want that narrative to get out there that we're doing we're not doing great Whereas some of the games over the last few weeks might suggest that. And and you can see maybe that's what Michael's trying to protect as well. Ben, did you see it that way? I see it um, as also a, a fan that's probably gone to the Gillingham game in the freezing cold, seen us embarrassed there. Um, and we're out of three cup competitions already um, with a bit of a whimper. I mean, we lost to Newport County as well, didn't we? So we've basically gone out in two cups. Um, to teams in leagues below us. Um, and we've also gone out last night. Now, last night's the least embarrassing of, of the lot because you're playing a team in your own league. And yes, we went out on penalties. But I can see fans' frustrations. I mean, I looked at the away form this this season. We're 19th in the, in the league for our away form. I mean, fans have seen us win once away from home this season. So, that's a major problem um, for us. And we all know that, of course, and our home form has been good. And if we're playing teams below us, then we seem to do a lot better. 
and I looked up our fixture. I think we're playing four out of our next five fixtures. Four of our next fixtures are of teams below us. So, yeah, look, we don't want to be too down because we look ahead to these fixtures and we want to be, have some confidence vibes going into this because our recent record against these clubs are are good and we can end the year on a decent high heading into a window where hopefully we can bring in some reinforcements because we've been unlucky with injuries. Um, so, look, on the defence of Appleton, yes, we've been unlucky with injuries and um, he's having to put youngsters in and there's a few players that, that aren't featuring at all. Um, and we'll go on to talk about that in terms of transfers. Um, but, look, as Nave said, fans have their right for their opinions. If you're a fan that's gone to every away game and done a lot of them, you're going to be frustrated. Um, in isolation, yeah, he's probably balled over a little bit. You don't know what's happened, but um, fans are frustrated. I mean, we're 10th in League One at the start of this season. We had real high aspirations for us. A lot of um, other fans were how great our transfers were. And yes, we've had a few injuries, but a lot of it hasn't come to fruition, has it? So, look, we yeah, look, we've had some bad injuries. We look ahead to Saturday. As I said, we've got some decent fixtures now coming up to the new year. Um, and let's hope that we can like try and galvanise as as ourselves because yeah, some of these players don't deserve criticism as their youngsters, the likes of a Simway, likes of Campbell, even Louis Watson, for example. They're players that haven't got much experience, um, and they're they're trying their best, and uh, we we just go away for the right direction, really. Right. Well, let's have a look at some of the. Uh transfers that we have had then in the summer i'm just i'm just looking at so a couple of people have asked about Corey. so Corey, uh, the club said last night missed out with a groin problem uh whilst lucas ness had a knee injury so well we don't know what's going to happen with those but hopefully it won't be too bad obviously we had the same with with, with jones came off and what did dobson perhaps have something when he came off as well was that just a protection of the, of, the, of the player we don't know but yeah um let's let's say uh let's have a look at the transfers because that's what i said we were going to do next so i've been promising for a while we're going to go through our, our transfer business and try and work out uh if i if we think we've had a good um window uh so we're going to go through it retrospectively now um nathan so, I mean, we're going to try and give all the players a score out of 10. And obviously everyone in the uh, in the chat join us as well. And this is how we're going to rate whether our transfer window has been good or not. So, I mean, Nathan, I don't think there's going to be much discussion about Alfie May. But should we just give well, him a 10 immediately? <laughs> well, to be fair, it's, looking at that, it's really, really nice to see the nice spread of goals, isn't it? Really nice. Huh? <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah like, to be fair, you can't really you can't really go against a 10. I know 10 would mean he's... Lionel Messi, but yeah, I'll do that for this. I'm not sure I agree with a 10, mate. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, so I mean, Alfie may obviously signed at the start of the season. One thing, one other thing I've put on this table here, obviously, everyone listening on the, the podcast and not looking at YouTube as well, I'll just describe what it is. It's basically a, a list of all of our uh, signings with their the amount of league appearances they've made, uh, including subs, the amount of minutes they've played, the amount of league goals they've got. Um, and then we're going to give them a score out of 10. I've also just, just pointed out here when, when the takeover happened. Uh, so the takeover happened on the 21st of July. Uh, so actually, Pan Kamara, Lloyd Jones, Harry Eisted, and Alfie May all came in before the takeover happened. Uh, and Andy Scott became the technical director on the 26th of July, which is the same day uh, we signed Terry Taylor. Um, so Tyo Eden actually happened before uh, 
uh, Andy Scott was officially recognised as our technical director. So we have to sort of take that into account because a lot of people are, you know, keep saying to me, oh, they've only had they've only had half a window. So if we're saying they've only had half a window, uh, obviously that means we can't count Alfie May, Harry Eisted, Lloyd Jones, or Payne Kamara as their signings. If we're going to be saying they've only had half a window and they haven't really had long enough to to put this right, so we just obviously we've got to be fair. So I just got to make sure that we put that uh, on there. So Harry Eisted as our backup goalkeeper, obviously out injured now. Ben um, had half a season uh, with Barnsley at the end of last year um, on loan from Luton. Uh, the majority of his football, other than that, has been played in non-league. Um, battled, battled it out between Ashley and and Harry for for the number one spot at the start of the campaign. He took over just as um, Dean Holden was on his last legs with the Addicts before um, then going out injured. So he's been out injured for a while now. But I mean. Uh, how, how how do you sort of rate his transfer as uh, as one for us? He he had his moments, didn't he, at the start, and then arguably his first like real standout game at Shrewsbury is when he got injured. So how how would you describe him so far? And like I say, everyone in the chat, give us give us your views on this as well. Yeah, it's a tricky one again because um, it's someone who's been injured who we first saw as quite a good signing. I know. I think you were very quick to say fans are getting carried away. He's not really had a full season. Um, he's He's been on loan and he did well in the playoff final and the lead up, but he's not really had that many games with Barnsley. Um, and as you said, like that was his best game for us against Shrewsbury and then does that amazing save where he nearly gets lobbed and uh, <laughs> does himself in, which was very frustrating. As look, I think we've, we've struggled with the competition for places in our squad. I think a lot of these players should be doing a lot better to be pushing the player who's either in their position or they're in that position. They haven't got the backup really. And I think him and Ash would have provided a really good competition for that number one spot. Um, it's, it's hard to give a number out of 10 as we've mm. only seen him for five appearances. I'd probably say a three or a four. Can't really Ooh. score that low as he didn't really give a howl. I didn't really give that many howlers. I know there was one game, wasn't it, where he did. Uh, yeah, the one away at Steven is where he seems to get beaten that. sort of a bit flat footed. I'm just going through the chat. I mean, Michael said six, Johan Last seven. The, the near post. Yeah, Pat, Patrick saying five. And uh, you brought up that dreadful image of him as well where he wasn't <laughs> ready. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... look, yeah. Four or five, I think, for Isted. I think he's got potential, but unfortunately got that injury. Yeah, so, yeah, looking at the chat, there's, there's a fair few in there. Um, I think I'm probably going to lean towards the average seems to be about a five or a six. So we give him, we give him a, yeah, maybe a, a six just to make sure we're on, on track with the chat as well because we don't want this just to be our score. So on average, we'll say a six. So obviously, yeah, still room uh, to improve. Lloyd-Jones comes up next, Nave. So again, this is still in the... The, the part before the takeover uh, and before Andy Scott came in. So, I mean, Lloyd's, in, in my opinion, probably been our best defender so far this season. Dean's gone straight in with a nine. How have you rated him so far and, and what score would you give him? I'd probably go for, yeah, it'll be in the high numbers. I'd probably give him an eight. Um, reason I probably won't give him a nine or a ten is because, unfortunately, even though he's played well, he's been part of a unit that does leak goals. And I think he could be better at set pieces, attacking-wise. Um, get a couple of goals, he probably would have jumped up to a nine. But I think, yeah, no, I'd say eight's fair, but I'll see what everyone else is going to say. They'll probably say 10 now and make me like really silly, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'd probably go for a good eight. Yeah, I mean, Dean, Dean's saying uh, a nine. 
uh, for Jones, Adam and, and Danny are both saying an eight. Patrick and Paul both saying a nine. Uh, Johan and John both an eight. So I think, yeah, I think we're between sort of eight and nine there. The only reason I'm, mm. oh, in fact, Michael's just chucked in uh, a seven. All hell let loose is saying, why isn't Hector on the list? He re-signed in the summer. Yeah, arguably a good point, but it's, it's a player we had last season. So I was just sort of really doing the, the, the new signings. I'm, but yeah. I'll let you do of... that, Lou. I'll let you... I'll let you. I'll let you rate Hector out of ten. <laughs> well, I mean that that would be a, a debate to be had, wouldn't it? I mean, it sounds like he played quite well last night, didn't he? But you know, um, we're looking at Jones at the moment, now. So uh, Andrew uh, has said uh, an eight as well. Uh, Danny said recently turned the defence around. A great partnership with Hector, but we are still, you know, we are still really low down in the amount of goals we we concede. You know, and, and, and even if it is just one a game, it is a consistent uh, one a game. Dean saying that Hector would have a two if he was playing, which is. I wouldn't go as low as a two, but it's probably nearer where, where I would have said. But um, yeah, small bear saying eight as well. So I think I think an eight seems to be the average for Jones. Yeah, for me, for me, our most consistent defender. Uh, I mean, he, he really stood out against um, against Jules actually in that first 15, 20 minutes. The amount of headers he won, Nath. Um But yeah, he's he, he's he's been a good one so far. So we're still sort of going in the the early stages, and, and this is one where where we now have to take into consideration the fact that. Pan Kamara had injury problems last season and therefore could be seen as a bit of a risk. Uh, and, and I guess with hindsight, Ben, because the fact he has spent the majority of the time injured, um, we, we have to take that into consideration for Pan. But what, 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 what do we say for Pan Kamara? Are you giving me all the injured players on purpose? It's a <laughs> joke, this. <laughs> but look, uh, he come with probably the biggest um kind of prospect this summer where i thought cool we're going places because i remembered him at plymouth and thought he's a serious player um and he come off the bench didn't he on that first game against late norin and we thought here we go this is we're, we're gonna go places this season and um yeah unfortunately made that mistake against peterborough and we all saw how gutted he was about that and um then he got a knock, didn't he? And then he comes back, and then that horrible feeling we well of him and then seeing him against Wigan, uh, gutting to see him go off there as he was got a start in that game. Um, I don't want to give him a bad mark because I mean, we're, we're rating them on their performances, are we? Rather than no, we're, we're, we're rating them time at the club, we're, no, we're, rate, we're rating them on their their score as a signing so we have to take into account the fact that pan was in, had injuries before he came in so therefore we're not rating pan we're rating us for signing him so uh, for me it has to be a bit lower but you know small bear saying he looked like he could be an eight but he's a four or five you know andrew saying a frustrating eight all hell let loose yeah. wanted to be an eight patrick wanted him to be a seven dean wants him to be an eight but like i say we have to take into account the fact that he is he had injuries before he came here and we took a bit of a risk for him, which I think takes him down, you know, unfortunately a couple of notches. And like I say, this isn't based on the player. This is based on us as a club for signing them. So I'll probably go six just because five would feel harsh because he had looked like he had he had potential. But um yeah, um John's saying he could be very good, but it's damaged goods. And like like I say, this isn't rating the player on his own. It's rating the fact that we decided to sign them and that's why michael says how good is someone if they can't play and unfortunately uh, that's the situation we find ourselves in right let's get into the uh the first player that signed after the takeover uh, happened which is Teo eden um i mean if we were basing him on the first 20 minutes of jill's nape it would be zero but yeah what have you seen of him <laughs> as a whole this season 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's difficult because if we're basing it on you know as as us signing him, we we needed a left back for God knows how many years, and so I can get why we've signed him. Um, but something so far, he's like, I'm just you just I think we're just waiting for something to click, and it's like at first it was right, let's get him up to speed. He's not played in a while, and that was the the big thing when he came. Oh, he's not had a preseason, blah blah blah, but. Now you're in December, you're now looking him to kick on a little bit. And I've not really seen, is he an attacking fullback that gets loads of assists? Is he solid defensively? I don't know. I'd probably go for, well, I mean, if Pans are six, I mean, I'm probably looking at Eden as a seven, but seven seems quite generous, I think, given Eden Teo a seven. That's yeah, you right. Generous. I'm putting Pan down to a five. And then we're putting then we're putting Teo <laughs> as a six because we like yeah I, I I don't think Eden's done enough yet you know and I, I'm hopeful that he's going to turn out to be the sort of player we want but I don't I, I agree with Nath in that I don't think we've actually seen enough from him yet a bit more going forward he's okay on the ball you know defensively got caught out a bit you know like Gillingham games obviously fresh in my mind because he was right next to us but you know I I, I think there's more more uh, issues to go Patrick's asking if he had injury problems before. Uh, coming to us, I you might have I forget really there. David uh, saying Teo should be a six. Uh, Alex is saying he should be a six. Andrew saying he could be a seven. Uh, Michael a six, and John saying a, a six. Uh, Sid saying if Dobbo was on there, he'd break the scale, uh, and so would Alf because I think he's higher than a ten, even though the score is at a ten. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's that's fair certainly for uh, uh, for for Alfie May there. Um, Terry Taylor, no Ben Ninja player for you. Um, Terry Taylor uh, again an Ninja player. I, 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 my reaction to this one has probably got to go quite down the middle because we haven't seen much of him yet. Well, zero, isn't it? We just ain't seen him. And again, didn't he have injuries at Burton last season? Um, so it's another one we've known about with injuries and we've signed someone with injuries and he's injured. Like, it's not the guy's fault, but it's as if like we've got... I mean, we've got chucks already, haven't we, with injuries and we we keep signing players that have injury records. So, yeah, he come with a lot of potential, Terry Taylor. Um, seen him very briefly. Um, we've got a lot of centre midfielders, so he definitely would be uh, fighting for his place there and given a bit of competition, but can't... Uh, don't know how you want to judge that on a player mm. that's only what you got him playing two years yeah, so, and three subs. So yeah, so I think I, I think if you're going to compare him to someone like um, Pan Kamara, who's obviously come in with a similar situation regards injuries, but has a bit more experience at this level, and so you're there on Terry, you're going for potential but you haven't really seen it yet then I'm going to go for I mean again looking at the chat most people I think that's probably the average score that we're getting in the chat there Terry says five uh, sorry Paul says uh, five uh, Sid says five Michael says four Taylor from Adam says two and a half small bears saying three Andrew saying four so I think yeah four is probably pretty much the average there uh, there's a three and a two and, and another three in the, in the chat as well. All hell let loose saying I can't uh, mark as a player, but as a signing, it's a three. So yeah, three or four, probably uh, pretty much around the average. Now we're getting into uh, territory of players that a lot of us forgot existed. Um, and these are all, you know, this is important now. So Andy came in on the 26th of, uh, of July. He is our technical director from now on. Obviously, that's the same day we signed Terry Taylor. So you can assume certainly all the players we've signed since then uh, so the next player we signed was nearly a month later on the 23rd of August, which is Chem Campbell, uh, who has been ostracised. So if we've got a player that we're not playing, Naif, can you can you go anything higher than a two? 
the only thing the only thing he done was the the assist for Alfie, wasn't it? In the in that home game, whatever one it was. But I can't. I, you can't. I mean. I mean, the, the big question at the moment is, you know, why isn't he playing? I just think if he's not injured, he's obviously not training as good as other players. So if that's if that's something to go by, then he can't be anywhere near anywhere near a four or five, in my opinion. But then Terry's been injured. So if Terry's been injured and he's got a four and Chem's fit, apparently, and he still can't get in the side, then he's got to be lower than that. So, yeah, I'm probably mm. saying two or three. Yeah. And again, it isn't necessarily only a reflection on the player. It's a reflection on the fact that we signed someone that we're not playing. So I think two is fair. You know, a lot of people are asking questions why he doesn't play. I mean, Paul's saying it should be a zero. Michael's saying it could be a four. Um, Sam uh, saying a four for Chem as, as well. Um, you know, Andrew's saying a two. I think I think two is probably fair because we're not playing him. And um, elite, when he has played, he's looked okay at times, So which is why he probably gets higher than a zero, which uh, brings us on to the next one. Um, you know, poor old James Abankwa. Ben, we've seen him play twice in the league, two starts, both of them are right back. He's he's barely got anywhere near the squad since then. I don't think he was involved last night, if if uh, if my memory serves me correctly. So zero one, which how, where would you go for for James Abank, who's just not playing? And, you know that was a a position when he came in um, on uh, deadline day. We knew we needed a centre half, and we've not signed a centre half who's who's played, and we have one of the worst defensive records in league league one. So zero one for James because of the, the the way we signed him. Well, after that Stevenage game, I would have given him minus one. My goodness, he looked so lost out there. He got bullied by their players. But again, is he? Does he ever play right back? I don't know why we played him at right back. Was it to try and fit him in? Did Scott say, "Look, Michael, I've signed this player. We've got to fit him in somehow." And we shoved him in straight after the international break of Ryback away to Stevenage, who are one of the most physical sides in the league. And that game, my goodness, he got absolutely taken to the cleaners there by their players. And he looked pretty scared. Um, and then the Wickham game, we did exactly the same. And he he didn't look good, did he? And, and then since then, as you said, like Jim Campbell, he's been ostracised. It's not helping him, is it? I mean, he's come from, was he, Udinese in the Italian league, where obviously it's not, it's known not to be as physical as over here. I know mm. Tell was pleased because he's an Ireland under 21 international. But, I mean, we haven't seen anything in him, whether he's playing in the wrong position or not. It doesn't seem as much desire um, to do anything. And look, we've got a. Judge him on what he's done for us. And uh, and as you said, the minutes that he's been given, as Nate said earlier, kind of defending Appleton. Appleton wasn't around to sign these players. So on the club, yeah. on a whole, signing him, you've got to give him a one or a zero. Really. Yeah, look, We've just not used the, him. Yeah, I'm looking at the chat. It's, it's A lot of people have gone minus numbers, actually, for James Abankwa. Um I've given him a one, I've decided, overall. Um, yeah, but we've got to zip through these now, actually, because we've got to get onto the Cambridge game shortly. So, I mean, Louis Watson, I I'm, I'm, I'm hovering around maybe a seven, only because I think he'd yeah. be an eight up there with Lloyd Jones because he has looked good, although he was quiet. Um, was it the Gillingham game? I thought, you know, he wasn't very good. Um, uh, I obviously didn't see him play last night, but I think he'd have to play more consistently like Lloyd Jones does to get a higher score than that, um, Nave. But overall, from the low knees, he's yeah. probably the best one in, in, in short, short way of saying it. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I think Gillingham was an opportunity for him to really run a game, and he didn't. 
not saying that he was just solely at fault, by the way, before I get pelters, but it was an opportunity for him. Should For me, he's creative enough. He should get a few, maybe chip in with a couple of goals or something. But yeah, I think seven's a fair score. But yeah, he's up there with the, with the best loan sign and without a doubt. Yeah, sixes, sevens and uh, in the chat as well. Uh, John saying he could be an eight on his day. Small Bear saying uh, he's decent. We had a stinker at... Uh, Gillingham. Uh, Patrick's trying to throw in a 7.5. We're not, we're not, I'm, not, I'm not bringing decimals into it, otherwise we'll be here all day. <laughs> um, right, Tedich. Um, ben, again, we, we're going to try and keep these relatively short, but he's only made three league starts for us. He's likely to start making a few more now. Only one league goal. Obviously, that miss hit he scored against uh, Wickham. He won a penalty, I think, on, I think it was his debut away at Stevenage. Um, what do you make of him, briefly? Very briefly, he started off with a bit of promise. He had the likes of Aniki and Lieburn, so he was battling with them for that place because May, May's dropping deep now. Looked okay, got that scuff shot against Wickham. Then Apples has played him on the wing. Again, like, look at May's character running around, showing 100% whatever position he plays in. I think he looks a little bit lost out there. I haven't seen really the desire. In the last few games, I wasn't at the Gillingham game, but it, the fans, what they're saying, doesn't look good. And then mm. where was he last night? The website didn't really say if he had an injury. So I don't know if Apples has ostracised him as well now. I'd probably say a five. He's got a goal and looked decent when he looked uh, early on. But since then, he hasn't really shown the promise. And people keep saying, he's a Man City player. He's on loan from Man City. He should be better than this. And yeah, if he is and he's been training with Erling Haaland, he obviously hasn't uh, learned a lot. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, you've gone five. I think the chat's gone a fair bit lower, actually. I mean, Michael said five, but then uh, Adam said two. Chase hasn't given a score, I would say he's stealing a living. Uh, Johan said uh, zero. Uh, Paul said one. Um, Sid said three. Uh, I know uh, there was a Chase did give a zero up further up in the chat. Um, so, that, so there we go. So, yeah, I, I think I, I've put him three as an average. You know, it'd be harsh to put him as low as Chen because he has played a little bit more, and I think we'll see a bit more of him uh, from now on. Tenai Watson, Knife. Yeah. Steady, steady. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a hard one. He's not. He's not. You know, he's not lit the world light. But I think he's popped up with a couple of assists. So I don't want to give him a too low score because I think that'd be quite unfair. And he's got a lot of energy in that right hand side and can offer a left back. He played centre half against Sutton, so I'd give him a solid six seven. So yeah, that, yeah I wouldn't go higher going, than that, but I wouldn't go lower than that. Yeah, the chat's going mainly uh, mainly sixes with a couple of sevens chucked in. Uh, Johan trying to skew the average slightly with an eight, but I'm looking at the 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 median there is a six, and yeah, all hell let loose is the oracle, and he said uh, Watson uh, as in Tenai, Watson a six, so we get Tenai a six, and finally Sam Walker. Uh, the, the other thing about Tenai as well is he filled a hole, you know, obviously with Nathan still learning. Um, you know, we needed a body there, and uh, I think he's done okay. Um, Sam Walker, Ben, finally the, the cup goalkeeper to fill in for. When uh, Harry's out injured, uh, but he didn't play last night. Um, what's your view on, on him? Well, I think he didn't play last night after what he did against Cray when he clattered into Kyrell Lisby. So, yeah, so what score would you give him out of 10? Two. Not, Two. Maybe there we not go. even that. But yeah, all hell let loose has said one. Small Bears said four. Andrew said four. Walker said five. Uh, sorry, Michael said that uh, as well. A couple of fives in there. So maybe a two or a three. Um, I'm going to go for, well, I'll go for a free looking at the averages on there. So there we go. So overall for our summer business, we've given ourselves 61 out of 90, which is interesting, but a lot of that is sort of in the top half of that 29 of those points are just in the top four players. And then the bottom, 
uh, eight players have only scored 32. Um, the, the more, the most concerning thing for me is is the average score um, for Andy Scott's players is only 3.7. Um, you know, and then when you add that onto Andy's transfer window last January as well, it's not been great, has it? <laughs> so th- there's a lot of people sort of pinning our hopes that we're going to have a really good January knife statistics show that that we might not yeah <laughs> but i suppose now we're at the papa john's trophy whatever it's called now at least we've got to have some sort of optimism mate it's like so january's the next thing to look forward to and when that fails we'll just look forward to the summer and then we'll just start the cycle again mate but um mm. yeah we we it doesn't bode well but who knows maybe it's going to be a different january like we've been saying for the last god knows how many years but um yeah, yeah it's quite it's quite opening those last ones mate those averages are free so um yeah <laughs> we need we need improvement Put that's that Louis way. Watson Louis Watson sort of the, the two Watsons with a six and a seven there have held it up really a lot of people saying it's it's grim reading when, when you write it down and, and give it a score but we've debated it now we've put it out there uh, I think we know now that we need we need better business done this January and certainly next summer uh, if we are to improve as a club right it's going to be time to turn our attention to the game uh, with Cambridge very shortly uh, but let's have a quick break here on Charles thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom find professional independent local installers with free home surveys itemized quotes and protected payments trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police-checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk Hello fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six pub of the year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer it's owned by Chomp fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Well, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. We're looking ahead now to Saturday's home game uh, with Cambridge United. Obviously, normally we get a live guest on from the Opposition podcast to uh, come speak to us. But Jules uh, was available last night to speak to me. Uh, he's from the Under the Abbey Stand pod. But that was good, really, because it was the uh, it was literally minutes after they announced uh, that Neil Harris, the former Millwall boss, is going to be the new gaffer uh, replacing Mark Bonner. So let's hear what Jules has to say uh, ahead of Cambridge's visit to the Valley uh, this Saturday. Now on Charlton Live is Jules from the Under the Abbey Stand uh, podcast. And well, uh, 
big news this evening uh, on Wednesday night because you've just announced uh, a new manager, Neil Harris. Um, what has been your initial reaction to that? We have. This is going to be, as I mentioned to you just before we started, it's going to be a bit of a funny preview just because normally you can feel pretty confident talking about your team and how you're playing. But this is kind of bizarre because I'm sort of reacting live to it just as you are. And uh, Neil Harris has been, we sacked our manager, Mark Bonner, this time last week, uh, Wednesday last week. So we've had, um, after a bad run of results, which I'm sure we can get into in a second, but uh, Neil Harris has been sort of front runner the whole time. It was always him, the Cowleys. Um, there was this outside talk of Nathan Jones, but I don't think anyone was really ever, ever thinking that. Um, so it was always going to be between Harris and the Cowleys. And I think everyone was broadly pretty happy with the idea of getting someone in who had a bit more um, a bit more of a pedigree at this level, probably. Someone who's got, you know, over 400 appearances in management, which is double Mark Bonners, who you know has his own affiliation story with the club. But in terms of someone who's established himself in the game, Harris has got... I think over 160 games managed in the championship. Um, he's won promotion from this level. He's finished in the playoffs at this level both times with Millwall. Um, I think the thing that's maybe like putting people off him ever so slightly is just the last thing on his CV, which is a relegation from this level, granted in very difficult circumstances at Gillingham, and then getting sacked from the league below. Again, there's an asterisk next to that. They were fourth in League Two. It wasn't like they were struggling down, down the bottom end um, this season, at least. So... I think it's a bit harsh to judge him maybe on that last job. I think there's probably some mitigating circumstances. Uh, overall, I would say he's the sort of manager that we should be, that we definitely should have gone. I'm happy we've gone and appointed someone with that sort of pedigree and hopefully know-how. So hopefully he's still got it in him, got a bit of fight in him and still and fancies bringing it to United. Yeah, I mean, were you surprised to see Mark Bonner go? Because it's only, what, two, three months ago that he signed a new long-term deal. Yeah. But obviously, it's, it's been a struggle this year. You only just stayed up last year, which in itself is... You know, a great story the way you did it and, and the way you came back on the final day of the season. But of course, it's only one win in the last thirteen. What was yeah. it difficult to take when when Mark was given the the, uh, the old elbow? Guys, proper like heart and you know heart and head stuff. Uh, with, with my heart, absolutely so difficult to take. It was really really was a shock. I mean, just to give your listeners a bit of background, if they don't know anything about him, I'll try and do the sort of a bridge summary. He's a boyhood Cambridge United fan, season ticket holder, stood in the terraces as a kid. Um, as soon as he left school at 16 years old, he started working in the um, community system as a coach. It's all he ever wanted to do. He filled every single coaching role from there through to the first team manager with the brief spell away at South End when we went bust and um, had to, uh, our academy stopped existing for seven or eight years. Um, so in, in for a small spell within there, he was at, he was at South End. Uh, and then, so he's got Cambridge United running for his veins. So every win felt that a little bit sweeter with Mark Bonner in, in charge because it was, well, it was you know someone who felt it in the same way that, that you that you did as fans. So it was an amazing ride um, for a guy like that to take over and then to win promotion to League One, keep us up there two years in a row. The last year, like you say, stay up on the last day of the season on goal difference in the end, but sort of didn't matter. I mean, we were eight points adrift on the first of April um, and pulled around this insane run of form over the over the last month that uh, that kept us up, which was incredible, amazing memories, but. I think the thing you forget is to have been put in that position. Uh, what it's meant is it's been, aside from April and August this year, we started the season quite well. It's been 14 months of largely terrible, terrible football, awful, awful, awful performances. Um, we went on a spell last year of winning three and 27 uh, between about October and January, February sort of time. And then this year, uh, we're now, as you mentioned, one in 13. There's a few decent points in there, granted, but... 
one win in 13. And I think the trends are just happening again. It's been an identical start to the season as it was last year. So I think we, there was a lot of loyalty shown to him last year when he rejected a job up at Rotherham in the championship at the time to stay with United. Uh, and then we showed him the loyalty back when any other club would have sacked him when we were on that run. He, he repaid the faith, but I think this year we started on a level playing field with him a bit more and I think time was up and it was uh, the you know a chapter closing that no one wanted to ever see close. We knew it would have to at some point and I think when you really think about it, especially when you go every week, it was probably just about the right time for him to go uh, and because it's more important for us as a club to stay at this level and keep growing at this level uh, and in the future, that's um, that's this is hopefully... You know where where we will belong, but I think in the meantime they just needed someone to sort of steady the ship a little bit. Yeah, and, and uh, do you believe you've got the squad to stay up this year? Obviously, you're outside of the relegation zone at this point, which helps. But do you do you think you can you can still remain a, a League One side at the end of this season? I, I, I actually think that's a huge part of why Bon has actually been sacked because I think last year we we didn't really have the squad. I don't think I think it took a couple of pretty remarkable individual performances from from players, young good young players like Harvey Nibs and Sam Smith, who uh, and Lloyd Jones as well, who. Obviously, you guys will know all about now. Um, it took a few sort of, you know, remarkable runs of form from from those guys um, who you, you maybe you're not guaranteeing a young player like that to be able to pull you out of trouble um, in, in the same way maybe someone with, with a bit more experience at the level might. And uh, what we did in the summer, and to be fair, in January last year, um, was we we threw a bit of money at the problem, to be honest. I think the owners just sort of found a bit of money. We're not at all a rich club, but... Uh, I think they'd earmarked a bit of money for some investment off the pitch that they that they moved to the playing budget because they just realised that we needed it and they extended that over the summer. So now we've got players like Jordan Cousins, who's another another Charlton Charlton guy. I think I think quite a few appearances. You guys actually right. Um, uh, George Thomas, another player who's played uh, a lot of lot of appearances League One Championship level. Fajiro Kinabire scored twenty. I think he's had two twenty plus goal seasons at this level. Um, uh, Michael Morrison, Ryan Bennett are our centre-halves. Um, Elias Kachunga scored Premier League goals four or five years ago for Huddersfield. Suddenly, like you, you, we sort of built the squad that I'm not saying it's absolutely remarkable, but I think it's definitely good enough. Um, there's probably you know always a few areas where fans would have maybe liked a little bit more recruitment, and I think that's probably true. I think we'll, we'll have a busy January regardless. Um, but I do think this, the average level of the squad is there for us to stay up. So I think that's a big part of it, that the players are there, they just... It just sort of got to a point where they weren't quite being coached or put together properly. Yeah, and finally, I mean, just looking ahead to Saturday. Normally, at this point, I'd probably ask, "How do you expect your side to to set up?" But with a, with a brand new manager in his first game, oh. that's probably a difficult question. But well, I could ask, "What does Neil Harris have to do to improve the side from from what you've seen under Mark at the start of this season?" Well, I tell you what, from what I know about Neil Harris, which which granted isn't loads, uh, it sounds like it's kind of a similar sort of story. To be honest, uh, under Mark Bonner, we were uh, very conservative defence first, um, no risk sort of side, build on a solid base, try not to concede a goal rather than to outscore your opposition and build results off that. Um, we're very unadventurous as a squad, to be honest. We didn't score a lot of goals. We were, um, but, but this season especially, we were very solid up until about a month ago. We actually, bizarrely, had um, one of the best defensive records in the league, like the most equal most clean sheets in England at the end of October. Kind of mad to think the manager lost his job, you know, less than a month after that. Um, but that's 
a lot of from what I'm hearing about Neil Harris is uh, is a similar sort of mindset with the players and using those sorts of intangibles of like character and personality and and building the morale of a squad on on, on those sorts of attributes um, to be successful going forward on you know things like desire and all these lovely football words and that sort of thing. Um, so I think we'll be quite direct. I think we've got Gassner Hadme who'll play up top probably. Um, six foot odd striker sort of done the rounds around this sort of level, but he can really put himself about. Um, make the ball stick to him. And I think we'll play off him with probably Sully Kai Kai on one side. Again, lots of League One experience and championship experience last year as well um, on one wing and most likely James Brophy um, on the other and Elias Kachunga behind them. Uh, and I think we'll just look to play nice and long, uh, get the ball get the ball out wide from from Ahadmi's knockdowns um, and see what sort of chaos we can create from there, to be honest. I think we'll see Morrison, Michael Morrison and Ryan Bennett play at centre-half, um, who I can tell you that Alfie May won't win a header against them. But if you manage to to spin him, to spin them, get the ball in behind them, they're not particularly quick. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I think, the strategy that we'll go for. There we go. That's Jules from the Under the Abistan pod uh, speaking to me yesterday. Uh, basically a team of Charlton rejects outside. There's so many of them uh, in there. I don't think he even realised that the Kai Kai was, we played us on, on loan for a little while. Although, to be fair, most of us forgot that as well. Um, Nath, uh, from, from a Charlton point of view, so we're four unbeaten uh, in League One. We've only lost two of our last 13 in the league. It's easy to forget that when we've had so many disappointments recently in, in cups and, you know, standard of performances over the last couple of weeks have, have gone down. Plus we're now going into that part of the season where injuries start to take hold. So Rachel actually sent an interesting tweet about how Michael will do now that he he's almost effectively got a very similar squad to what Dean Holden was struggling with at the start of the season. We're missing, missing strikers. I think Fraser was obviously out at the start of the season who isn't currently, um so yeah what what do we need to improve upon saturday because we we got we got to continue this form if we, if we are to make anything of this season now we can't let any, we can't really have many more slips at, at this time yeah i think I, the thing we've got to improve on is i think is that final ball that bit of composure and decision making in the final third i think it's we're gonna to have to be patient on friday i think jules summed it up really well in terms of how they're gonna play morrison and bennett ain't gonna to want to hold a high line so they're gonna sit deep and not let anyone in behind us. Those hectare balls that was being sprayed yesterday, I'd be amazed if there's many of them because they'll be sitting so deep. So I think we just, I think we start Daniel Carnu just a bit of pace um, as well as Alfie and Corey, if he's fit. I just think, yeah, that final, that final ball, that little bit of composure that we had, we had chances yesterday to deliver better into the box. Um, and I think once we get the first, I think we'll be comfortable and go on to win. But it all depends how long it takes to get that number one, like similar to sort of Cheltenham, really. It was a bit tetchy. Um, but yeah, I think we've, we just need to improve and sharpen up, really, in the final third. Yeah, I mean, concerns, obviously, with, with Lloyd-Jones missing out um, yesterday, Ben, that if if he were to be out, who, who who's coming in centre-half? I mean, is there, is there anyone other than Terrell Thomas, who obviously came off the bench yesterday, who will fit in there? Uh, and is that a potential point that, that Cambridge will look to try and target for us do you know what we haven't seen much of thomas at center back have we we've seen him a lot of left back i thought he came on yesterday and played really well i thought he like had so it seemed like he had a bit of a point to prove i know nave's laughing now maybe nave saw a different game than me i thought he did all right is they gonna say something now no it's just about that comment about benji's hungry isn't he <laughs> yeah that one <laughs> Well, I'm eating Twiglets, mate. <laughs> Those Christmas Twiglets yeah. in the shell. 
They are all over me. Because normally you're coming. Oh yeah, I went off. I, I was. I was I was agreeing with your comment on the football piece. I just saw that comment about you munching. I was cracking up. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, that's unprofessional. But yeah, I thought Thomas came on and did well yesterday. I don't know if it was against because it was against a former club of his, but I thought he'd come on and did well. Um, yeah, it's tricky. I, I listened to that Cambridge fan there, and I did think. Uh, I mean, with Bonner leaving, that three of their best players left in the summer in Nibs. Smith and obviously we took Jones, so I, I do think they're out of the relegation zone. And Gillingham just sacked Harris. I mean, are they re? Uh, you see a lot of clubs cutthroat mentality. Uh, obviously, we've just seen Sunderland sack Mowbray. I mean, that's nothing to do with Charlton, so forget forget that. But I just think we go into this game on Saturday with look, we beat Cheltenham, similar position to these guys. Um, we go into the game in a bit of confidence in league form, at home league form. Um, and we can take confidence from last night as well. And um, yeah, I think that Thomas in his natural position in centre-back, he should do well. Uh, he, he done well last night when he come on. And um, look, I mean, they've got two old players in Michael Morris and Ryan Bennett at centre-back. We can't get a goal against these two with our pace in behind. I don't know if Ryla's going to start, if Corey's injured, um, but we've got pace in our team. If we can help to attack them from those points of view, then we should do well. I mean, we our home form's good. We do well against the teams below us. Let's just attack. Don't hold back here. Attack them. Mm, there we go. A lot of love for Twiglets in the uh, in, in the chat here. David says he loves Twiglets. John says they're delicious. Uh, all hell let loose says that Marmite Twiglets are the dogs. Uh, John said he's now going to take Twiglets to the game on Saturday. Oh, we need to charge Twiglets for the, the free advertising they've got here. But that, that's uh, that's going to be the final word on the show is about Twiglets. What a sad state of affairs this has been. Um, thanks for everyone who's uh, tuned in. Um, don't forget, check out our merchandise store, charltonlive.etsy.com. I, I, I'm not lying when I say the mugs have been flying off the shelves this uh this last couple of weeks in preparation for Christmas. So get yourself a Charlton Live mug uh, ahead of uh, the festive uh, season. Oh, Alex has said something that's got nothing to do with Twiglets. He says, I'd love to see Chem involved. Uh, he was quality when he came on. Uh, not uh, so many appearances under Apple, so I'd love uh, to, to bring him in. Uh, yeah, he doesn't say anything about Twiglets at all. That's from Alex. So yeah, thanks for everyone who's joined us uh, live on the show on YouTube or caught up via the podcast or YouTube uh, afterwards. Uh, I, I really enjoyed going through the, the transfer business, actually. It's good to hear people's thoughts. So thanks for getting involved. Uh, with that, thanks to Jules, who we heard from uh, earlier on uh, today from Under the Abbey Stand uh, pod. Massive thanks, as always, to Nathan Ben. A pleasure to speak to you guys. Cheers, fellas. Cheers, guys. Up the twiglets. I'm more of a what's-its man myself. Uh, I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening then to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, uh, Bedroom and Bar from Insulation. We'll be back on Sunday morning to look back uh, at the game uh, against Cambridge. Uh, ben will be eating twiglets all through the show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again later. <laughs>